And um, folks are up there taking care and ministering to your little ones while God speaks to you here. All right. Uh, get your Bible and look at Psalm 34, 11. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days? Now notice what he's asking uh, that mankind wants and ought to be seeking. What man is there that desires real life? I think everybody in here probably uh, really wants the life that's real. Goes on to say, and loveth many days. Not only to have real life, but have a, a long life, full of real life. And then that he may end his desiring life and living many days, that he may see good. Not anybody in here wants to see bad things or bad situations or bad circumstances happen to you. And he's telling us in verse number 12 that there is a formula. Uh, there are some steps that can be taken that can lead God and direct you uh, to what's in verse 12 in the following verses, 13 and 14. Now, if I can, let me read those to you. Verse number 11, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, there are three admonitions. Listen to them closely. Three admonishments tonight in these verses that can tell every one of us how we can have the content of verse 12. We can have real life. It's not in uh, bodybuilding. It's not in money. It's not in physical features. It's not in vocation. You're not going to find real life where most people are looking for it. You're going to find real life in God's perfect plan for your life. And we believe that, and I want everybody in here to have more of it when we leave. But the Scripture teaches us uh, and tells us there's three admonitions. Let's look at them. Father, in Jesus' name tonight, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we plead the blood over this service. We would ask tonight that there be liberty in the heart of this preacher that there would be anointing in the lives of this congregation, and that tonight I would not be heard for my ability, but I would be heard for my dependence on God. I pray, oh God, our ears would be illuminated with power and uh, with information, and that, Lord, our spirit would be open to do it. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Look with me, if you will, please, at three admonitions 
that we can adhere to and we can have real life of many days filled with good. I'm going to say it again. We can have real life of many days and filled with good. I want to say it one more time, lest anybody moving around might have missed it. We can have real, verse 12, real life full of days and possessed by good things. And we can do it, number one, by adhering to this admonishment, watching our words that we should avoid. There are words that we should avoid. Look at verse number, uh, uh, Psalm 34 and 13. Cheat. Now there is a command. There's an admonishment. There, there is something God says, I want you to work on. This is something that you must keep on keeping. This is written in the present tense in uh, the text. And it's saying, guard, keep, hold on to, watch, be attentive to. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. The word guile uh, just simply means deception or speaking fraudulently or speaking with deceptive lying. Ladies and gentlemen, life is out there. Life is present among us. Life is to be lived by us. And praise God, I'm glad we can live it to the fullest. And I'm glad we can get from it everything God has for us. But we're not going to do it by putting it in autopilot or putting it in automatic or just putting it in neutral and let everything sort of glide along hoping for the best. He said if you want real life that is full of days and life that is filled with good, he said you've got to understand, first of all, there are words that we must avoid. He said, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking God. Uh, there are three areas that I have a problem. I'm taking this from me tonight because when I was putting this together, the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me. That's one thing about putting something together and preaching it. It really gets on you twice, doesn't it? When you study it and then when you speak it. But first of all, we need to avoid carnal words. Carnal words. What are carnal words, preacher? Those are slang words that the that, that the general public uses and that lost people make away of uh, and a habit of using carnal words. Uh, it's real easy if we're not careful. Our testimony can come up for a vote, can it? By what we say out of our mouth, that's carnal. I really have to watch out in my own self. And I have not been good sometimes at keeping my tongue. God's Holy Spirit is faithful, though. He is faithful to work and to speak to you and to correct you and even chastise you and show you exactly what He wants you to do. Carnal words. Those are words that we speak uh, that cause our testimony to be tarnished and causes the world to look at us just like they do at each other. And then there are 
cutting words. Cutting words. Oh my goodness, how easy it is to speak cutting words to one another. Husbands and wives should always protect their language together. How, how we need to hear this. How, how, how God wants to put life, real life in us. How God wants to fill our life with many days. How God wants us to have good in our life. And what do we do? We kill it by allowing the devil to take over our language and we cut one another to try to get ahead or get even or for whatever reason. Carnal words. That's words some folks uh, used to speak as cuss words or curse words and they still speak them at times and God knows just because you get saved don't mean those words leave you. I tell you, once you learn an adjective or a phrase, it seems to lock in your mentality. And when the, a certain situation comes up, if you're not careful, them words will. Carnal words. And then cutting words. Cutting words. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, things we say to each other that cut each other. How about on the care team? I wonder sometimes if we say little words that are sharp or cutting, you know what we're doing to our life? We're diminishing our ability to have real life from God. And we're making our days full of failure instead of full of fruit. And we need to watch it. We need to be careful. And then there's critical words. Critical words. Gossip. Words that are backbiting. Behind the back, words that should not be spoken about, about in the, how about in the choir? How about in the Sunday school? It ain't nobody here tonight but us. Let's just be honest. It, is it really a sad commentary that people, to one another's face, it's lovey-dovey, and then to one another's back, it's shovey-shovey? Hello? Let's don't be like that. What do you say? Let's just, take a vote tonight and say, by the grace of God, let's just watch our mouth and let life flow in this church and power flow in this church and God's goodness flow in this church because we've decided not to use critical words. Carnal words. Well, I'll tell you that now. And all of a sudden, we allow ourselves to invoke a spirit with our words. And, you know, you know, we get in church service here, and, um, and somebody will holler, Amen! Doesn't that bring a spirit? That invokes a spirit in the church. Hallelujah! Somebody hollers, Amen! Somebody else hollers. Somebody else waves their hand. Or somebody gets out in the middle of the aisle, like Evelyn did this morning, and praises God. All of that works together to invoke a spirit. And it's a good one. And if you'll notice, it's all tempered and toned by words. Words. You ought to go home tonight and pray and ask God to forgive you for the words that you have spoken to your mate, words that you have spoken to your children, and cutting words because you were tired or because you were fatigued. Whatever your reason... It wasn't enough to cause animosity in your house. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the older I'm getting, the more I'm finding out one thing. 
They just some battles that are fought that ain't worth winning. And you can use those carnal words and you can call her what you want to. You can you can use those cutting words, those cutting words. I fell in love with a woman, but I still got a whole lot more woman to love now. Those are cutting words. Hello? Be careful. Watch out. What you're doing is you're creating a spirit. And before you know it, she closes up to you. And before you know it, you turn your back on her. And before you know it, you got two bedrooms occupied instead of one. And then you come into church and there's no peace and there's no joy. Uh, talking about words that we avoid. This week, I had a... Uh, Opportunity on Monday to be over here meeting with the the, the uh, contractors. I got in the car about 15 minutes after two, and I went and started down Martin Town Road in a van, and uh, that conversion van that uh, I have. And uh, I got down to the high school road, and I'm running about 45 or 50 down through there. And uh, I've got my dog in the car with me. And, uh, there's a little girl came out that high school road. Uh, she looked toward the interstate, and she was on a cell phone. And then she just turned around. She never did look back this way. She came right on out into the highway. Before I could even hit the brakes, I T-boned that little old girl in a Jeep. I knocked her, slammed up in a, in a yard on the other side of the highway. I hit her, I swerved, or I'd have hit her right in the door and killed her. And I swerved and hit the back passenger door right there at the fender well and knocked the axle out from under that Jeep. The one tire went one way, one stayed on the axle, knocked that money. They just slung it around and the Jeep was sitting on the ground. And when I hit that thing, I can't tell you the first word that came to the surface. I grabbed it by the tail. I did. I grabbed it by the tail. Uh, Tyler! Tyler heard, but, but nobody else. I mean, before I could even arrest it. Boom! And you know, when you're put in some situations, what's really in you will come out. Yes, sir. And here's the verse. Matthew said it this way. He said, out of the abundance of the heart. <laughs> God, I'm falling under deep conviction. Can somebody take over for me? Come on, it's your tongue speaking, God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> if what I was about to say when I hit that car is in me, you all need to for me. <laughs> it's real easy. But let's ask God to help. Aren't you glad He don't kick us to the curb? <laughs> I sure am glad I serve a God full of mercy. And you know why He's merciful? Because he, he knew He had to be to mess with us. Now let me ask you a question. Are these words that we avoid? Or are these words we just say, well, that's just me. Y'all going to have to live with me. That's foolishness. If you want real life full of days and full of good, then ask God tonight. Lord, there's some things. I, when I put this together, I said, God, there's some things that I have said and things I've been saying 
I want you to help me with. And he will, and he does. Number two is the second admonition. The works that we activate. The works that we activate. Verse number 11. He said, depart from evil and do good. Now mark that down somewhere. Depart from evil and do good. That takes basically two things to do. Now watch this and let, let me teach you something God taught me and that's the only reason that I can teach it to you. I'm not somebody special. I don't have a whole lot of intellectual knowledge to divulge to you tonight about the subject of temptation and about evil and all the rest. I have a heart that needs blood on it. I have a soul that needs blood on it. I have a person that needs the blood of Christ. But I have learned a few little things along the way. And here, you've got to, number one, you've got to make a decision. And number two, you've got to have some discipline in order to depart from evil and do good. Now listen, preacher, how can I get over the evil things in my life? You must replace them with good things in here. Are you watching what I'm talking about here? It says, it don't say depart from evil and there's a period and nothing else. That would have been an impossibility with us because we're made of evil material. We're made out of material that succumbs uh, to silliness and to sin. And our flesh is, is totally taken over by sin and the sin nature. But he says, depart from evil and do good. That's where you overcome your evil by replacing it with your service. When I got saved and God touched my life, the real victory came in my life when I started seeking God's mind and seeking God's will and seeking God in activity. For instance, we would find out where somebody was preaching the gospel with dynamite power and we would go to the meeting. Uh, we would find out where somebody was testifying or give us a chance to testify. I went to Richmond County Correctional Institute out in the county. I preached at the 4th Street Jail uh, many times. I was the only one down there in the old jail standing outside the bars preaching the gospel best time. I just really went down there and testified. I didn't know nothing about preaching. I hadn't been saved but just a few weeks. And I would go to meetings where people were talking about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, and eternal security, and what God had done for me in justification, and sanctification, and regeneration. And I didn't know what all those terms meant, but I was getting excited about being ignorant. I was getting all kinds of excited about not knowing all of it because I was getting to learn it. Everybody that knows it can't get excited about learning it. It's those that don't know it can say, Whoa, I got a lot coming. <laughs> so your ignorance can be a blessing to you if you have the potential of information. Uh, I had to... I had to I had to deal with cigarettes. I mean, pulpits don't have ashtrays, did you know? I never have seen one with an ashtray, so I thought anything I can't do while I'm preaching, I don't know if I ought to be taking it up as a habit when I ain't. And I started dealing with it, and I, I just started putting myself in a place where nobody did it. And I was asking people, I said, I got a bad problem. Can y'all pray for me? 
sure, brother. I can tell you exactly what the Lord done for me. One night I was in a prayer meeting, and an old preacher laid his hands on me. I begged God, and that preacher begged God for me, and it wasn't just a little while. God delivered me. I said, man, that's what I need. And so I started seeking people to pray for me. You see, you can't quit evil and stop evil when you are evil. But you can get over here where people have been delivered, start learning how to deliver live, and all of a sudden you replace your evil living with doing good. And there's where you start getting the victory. Somebody holler, Amen! He didn't say depart from evil. He said depart from evil, comma, and do good, because the only way you're going to stay away from evil is replace it. <laughs> Have you ever known somebody trying to quit? And some of you in here got a tobacco habit. You don't have to feel condemned. And listen to me. Everybody in here that don't smoke ain't no better off than you are. Because they got something they ain't told everybody about in their life and in their heart. And we're all just here tonight trying to figure out how to have life and how to have many days and how to have good in it. If we just watch... What we say, for by our words we are justified, and by our words we're condemned. You ought to be, and, and praise God, I'd like to say this. I'm not preaching to a crowd tonight, and the majority needs to hear this. I thank God for that, because there is a spirit in here of rejoicing. There is a spirit in here of praise. And it's not pews doing it, and speakers doing it, and carpet doing it, or pulpit. It's people doing it. And there are people in here who have learned that what comes out of their mouth is a demonstration of what's on the other end of their tongue. <laughs> and every one of us needs to learn. It's more important for us to watch what we say and then activate works that fix wickedness. Activate works. Get yourself in a place where you can't be tempted. Get yourself in a place where you can replace with good the evil that the devil throws on you. And listen to me. Don't hang around people with the same problems you've got. I marvel at how some of us hook up and hang out. <laughs> we 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 got people who are divorcing, counseling people. <laughs> who are trying to stay together. Probably the best thing to do is find somebody who succeeded and find out what they did instead of somebody who's falling apart. Just because somebody's a friend don't mean what they say to you is going to help you. Let me give you the last one. Words, now number one, there are words that we must avoid. Number two, there are works that we must activate. And then number three, there's wisdom that we must apply. Now look at the wisdom. He said, seek peace and pursue it. Now there's some wisdom. If you really want the, the love of God popping like corn in your heart, and you want the, the mercy of God effective in your spirit, and you want the grace of God allocated to your need, I promise you this, if you will be a person of peace, a person of willingness to keep the peace. A person 
that has decided, you know, it is sad in a church, but some people think that their spiritual gift is the gift to stir stuff up. Am I right? Am I, now, we don't have a whole lot of that, and I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not riding a hobby horse. I'm not standing up and criticizing a bunch of people. I'm just telling you this. It is good when brethren dwell in unity. That's what the Bible says. When people get along and they protect that unity by pursuing that peace. We don't listen to me. Let me give you a couple of things, and I'll, I'm shutting it down. Number one, we don't never need to do anything in this church ever that don't promote unity and spirituality for everybody in it. We don't need to have nothing for a few and something for a handful. This is a ministry of seeking peacefulness and worshiping in an atmosphere of the peace of God. If you know somebody's got a problem, you need to pray. You don't need to share. I need somebody to talk to me tonight. I, I tell you, y'all done something down and trying to hide from me. And the truth of the matter is, we need to seek peace. We don't need to be finding out how we can stir some foolishness. Uh, you don't have any Bible for that, by the way. I don't care who done your how. You don't have any Bible for a stirring spirit, but you have Bible to seek peace and pursue. Well, what do I need to do? La, 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 la. If there's a problem, you need to go to the person that has created it or go to somebody that can help you stop it, and then you need to look up and say, I've done all I can. Hallelujah. You take care of it. And watch him jump in with both big feet. Are you listening? Have I done got all up in your chocolate chip? I didn't mean to get in your cookie jar. Wisdom that we apply. They're wise. They're wise. Be, be careful. Seek, seek to be good. And, and listen to me. Any time that anything is an altercation where peace has been interrupted, you need to be the kind of person that fixes it. Are you listening? Yeah. Every one of them. I mean, I don't want nobody out with me. I don't want nobody saying, he did me this way or he did me that way. I want to work on keeping the peace, and I'm going to do whatever. I mean, agree with your adversary quickly, mister. I mean, tell them, I'm sorry. What can I do? What do you expect out of me? And what can I do to fix it? That's a peacekeeper. You say, I lose money. I don't give a rip what you lose. What will you gain? And what will the kingdom of God gain? And some of you, before you had money, had the key. And you loved it, and you pursued it. But don't let it, you need to, am I preaching the Bible? Am I, I thought I was. Seek peace. You fellas in the Bible club, you don't need to be trying to out-preach each other. Y'all don't need to be outdoing nobody. What you need to be doing is praying for one another and seeking your brother over you and building up the body in that college so that we can have an army that goes out of there in the power of God and we got one enemy and that's the devil, not the parishioner. Peace. Seek peace. And, and you know what pursue it means? Don't quit till you have it. That's exactly what it means. Don't quit till you have it. We have, we have Sunday school classes that are, are really little churches in a church, aren't they? 
I mean, they just, they've got people in them that are teachers and they've got officers and, and they're little churches in the Sunday school land there. I hope uh, that each one of us understand uh, that uh, we, we're on the same page as the pulpit. I hope we're not teaching stuff that's contrary. Uh, if, if you are, I don't know anything about it. But we want to make sure we want to make sure that the pulpit and the group in the Sunday school is telling the same truth because we don't want to confuse. We want to keep the peace. Very important that we keep the peace. Very important. All right. Now here's three things that you can do in order to have the pathway to real life. Number one. There's words that we must avoid. Jesus, forgive me. How many of you pray for your preacher? I want want you to pray for me. Way up in the air. I want to have victory right there. Number two, works uh, that are activated. He said that we are to depart from evil and do good. I, I came out of the nightclubs and I went to church. That's departing from evil and finding a good place to be. You see, you left where you was and you went into gospel music and you're going to do well at it as long as you stay in the place God has given you victory. And you will not go back and feel the evil coming back on you as long as you're pursuing the activities of the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll never quit something by standing up and saying, I'm just not going to do it anymore. How many of you believe that? I, I promise you, if saying I'm not going to do that anymore and making a, I mean, a clear-cut stand, I am just not going to, that's flesh fighting flesh. Those are words of flesh, and the flesh will do everything it can to corral you up and whip you. But if you start doing things in the Spirit and start activating in the Spirit, the flesh will not fall away, but it will lose its influence. And then, wisdom that we must apply. And that wisdom is this. Keep the peace. Agree to everybody in here don't, don't like everything everybody else is, but we love each other. I want to witness right there. We love each other in Jesus' name because God first loved us. And that is that. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for the Word of God that's taught me some things here tonight. I've learned some things even while I was preaching. They're biblical, and I'll go with that over anybody's opinion. I'll take that Word from you, Lord, and I'll uh, hide it in my heart so that I will not...